Hello and welcome to Backchat, your podcast all about scoliosis, yoga and back care. My name is Christine Jaregiberry. I'm a yoga teacher, creator of the Yogaberry Yoga for Scoliosis community and YouTube channel. And this show is all about supporting you on your scoliosis journey. So if you're looking for practical advice and inspiration on how to manage the condition with yoga and movement, then you're in the right place. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Back Chat. Welcome to Move with Scoliosis, your community for all things yoga, Pilates, and of course, any other movement with scoliosis. Welcome those of you who are here live already. Welcome if you are watching this afterwards on the replay. And if you are here live, we do have a chat. So if it's safe for you, um, wherever you are, obviously feel free to join and um, ask your questions, of course. And maybe you've got some ideas, obviously, about the topic that we are talking about today. And we're going to be talking about traveling. So this is a topic which always comes up. Um, hi, Nathan. Nathan is saying hello. Um, let us know where you're from as well. This is a global community, so I always love to hear where, where people are in the world right now. I'm in the UK, um, just outside of London, and um, it's four o'clock in the afternoon right now. It looks like it might start to rain in a moment. Lovely. Liz is here as well. Good to see and hear you, she says. <laughs> Good to have you in the, in the chat. Nathan is saying, I'm also a scoliosis patient with 65 degree um, cop angle. Lovely. And Laura is here from Buenos Aires, excited about the topic. Yes. Okay. So Laura has actually got a long trip, 15 hours in a couple of months. Okay. So this, this will be a good one. And you might see I'm already in my aeroplane seat here right now. <laughs> So we can do a little bit of demonstration, of course, of maybe some things that have helped me personally, um, that I know have helped others, um, just kind of some general advice and kind of the principles you want to kind of go with when you're thinking about scoliosis, obviously, as well. And okay, lovely. We've got someone from Istanbul here. And June is here saying, having five fractures of the spine after accident, I find it difficult to walk. And when I do, I'm in a great deal of pain. Oh, I'm sorry to hear that, June. That sounds horrible. That sounds horrendous. And yes, these things, they take a lot of time, don't they, to, to heal and to get back. And um, we have to start somewhere, right? I went to, I joined the gym very recently. Um, because most of you know, maybe you know, or maybe you don't know. Um, so I changed my business name from Yoga Berry to Move with Scoliosis a few months ago. Because I just wanted to open it up a little bit more to other movements as well. Because I think yoga is amazing and yoga is great. Um, but it's got its limitations as well, right? And especially as we get older, um, we kind of need... Some, some other things to bring in there as well. So I, I started doing more Pilates using equipment. And now I've joined the gym. I've worked with a, with a personal trainer today. Um, 
I'm not going to lie, it hurts. Um, it definitely hurts, mainly in my legs, so not in my back at least. But he was also saying, look, we've got to start somewhere, right? Um, so it, there's no point in kind of being worried about all the all the movements that we can't do, but we need to find something that we can do. So no matter if you've got a metal uh, Harrington rod or or anything like this, if you've had previous injuries, the worst thing you can do is kind of do nothing and holding everything still. That's not going to help your body at all. On the other hand, you want to make sure obviously you stay in the comfortable range and you want to keep it safe for you. You don't want to get more injuries or make your scoliosis worse, of course. Good. So we've got Mosa here from Pacific Northwest with a beautiful day finally. Ah, oh, nice. Traveling by train and car most lately. Have S curve with ribs um, that go out. Lovely. And we do have um, a fabulous workshop actually coming up on Saturday about S curves as well. So you might be interested in that. Um, that's two hours where we specifically just talk about S curve. And we're going through the different variations of, of S curve scoliosis and maybe some of those little adjustments, obviously, as well that you need to make so you find the description uh, you find the link in the description below good nathan has got c curve scoliosis and is 20 years old best age to do something about it of course um, having said this you're never too old of course to start good lovely shall we start we're going to start with the train journeys sorry with the plane journeys i think um, because a lot of these things will kind of apply to other modes of transportation as well. So Laura's already said she's got a 15 hour trip coming up. Now that's a long time on a plane. Um, and yeah, what, what does that mean? So, so the main worry, and this is obviously a lot of this goes for anyone, obviously, but specifically with scoliosis, what we need to be aware of is that obviously the more you stay in one position, the more you're probably going to be or get stuck in your specific scoliosis pattern, right? So this is why we enjoy movement. Um, hands up if you're with me on this. I feel in the morning, because I've been lying in my bed for hours and hours and hours, the first thing I want to do is get moving and to reset and rebalance. And this is what scoliosis is all about. There's not that much we can do in terms of the, the bones. Once you're fully grown, once you're an adult, um, that's kind of it. There are some, to some degree, yes, you might be able to, to improve what's going on there. Um, but really, we're kind of working with, with what we've got. So what we're interested in is all the, the muscles and the soft tissue, connective tissue around it. So if you're kind of imagining, and this is, a, this, is a, <laughs> this is very personal to me, so I have got a left lumbar curve. That's my main curvature. I do have an S-curve scoliosis, but the lumbar one is the main one for me. And this means... Now, if I get tired, 
I would start to collapse into my right waist. So I would start to probably on a plane, I will probably start to sit like this, right? So it's really good to know before you get on your plane, what your kind of what your pattern is, um, but not so much from your x ray. But I'm talking about more, what do you do when you relax, right? So when you are sitting on your couch, for example, and I know some of you are really good about this already and you're, you're, you're finding lots of support. But I'm sure we can all find those little habits that we do when we're exhausted. So that's the first thing I want you to do again before you get on your plane for a week or so. Just notice the positions that you're in when you're exhausted, when you're tired. Um, when you've had a rough day. And these are the ones that we kind of need to address. Good, lovely. So uh, I've also got reverse S58. I'm going to make this a little bit bigger so I can read it. Uh, we've got 50 degrees, 51 degrees, 81. Just started with the Schroth exercises. I see <laughs> how it's going, yes. I love, you know, I love their exercises. I think it's great. Um, so anything that you can do um, for your scoliosis is going to be, it's like a toolbox, right? Take it all, take it all in and then find the things that work for you and find the things that keep you motivated as well and that you actually keep doing. Okay, Mina is from Afghanistan, 17 years old. Um, I've been suffering from scoliosis since four years ago. Okay, so you've been diagnosed in that typical age range um, when we get diagnosed with adolescent, idiopathic adolescent scoliosis. There are lots of activities I can't do here because of Taliban banned women from parks and gyms. <sighs> this is hard. This is hard, right? Yes, and I imagine, you know, we always get told swimming, but you know, that's not that's probably not going to happen. But think about the things that you can do maybe in the comfort of your own home, being safe. Um, lovely. It's so harm, harmful for me, but I spend all day indoors. I do some of your tips for scoliosis at home. Thank you so much for this information. They're all really useful to me. Thank you so much, Mina. That You don't know how much that means to me. That's that's amazing that you know somebody obviously across on the other side of the world is benefiting from from what i have to say um so yes i'm thinking of you and sending you lots of strength and obviously again look after yourself and think about all the things that you can do when you're forced to be at home it's a little bit like traveling as well right we are kind of uh confined right we are in this in this little space and we have to kind of make the most of it uh, so nathan is asking do you have scoliosis i do have scoliosis as well yes absolutely i do so i have got um, a left lumbar that's my major curve with a compensating right thoracic curve as well Okay, so what time is the workshop five to seven um, time zone oh 
sorry, good point. So the time zone is BST. So that is midday, I think, EFEDT, sorry, Eastern time. Um, so yes, five to seven London time, basically. That's when the workshop is happening. Um, I'll be using lots of examples. So I've already asked my current members to send me some photos and some x-rays that we can look at. Obviously, if you want to join us for that as well, feel free to send me yours as well. So we can have a look at them, we can analyze them, and then thinking about some of the things that we might want to do a little bit more of and looking at the specific exercises. Good. Okay, Nathan is asking about do you suggest surgery for C-curve? I'm going to say this depends. This is a big question. And obviously, I want to get into our topic today. Um, this very much depends on your specific case. I think I th seem to remember you're 20. Um, so at that age, you're kind of out of the danger zone of things getting worse because you are fully grown, you're probably not going to grow um, anymore, or at least a big, big chunks of growth have happened. Um, so it, it kind of, if I would, you know, really go with that advice from your surgeon on one hand, but then also get a second opinion. I'm not a medical professional. I'm a yoga and Pilates teacher. Um, I would always try everything with exercise and movement first. Surgery will always be there as a backup if you need it. That's my personal opinion on this. Okay, let's talk about the position that you're in when you're on the plane, obviously. So I've again, I'm sitting here in my chair which is, we're just gonna imagine I'm on a long haul flight right now, <laughs> going somewhere nice, obviously. And the first thing, so you've already done your little assessment of what is your preferred habit to relax. This is mine. I would kind of collapse into my right waist. Sometimes I also would do something like this. Now, this is even worse, right? So this would be on a sofa. I probably wouldn't do this on a plane because my neighbor would have my feet on them, which is not very nice. So this is probably the position I am personally most worried about. Um, so I'm thinking about how can I give myself more support? So first thing you want to do is assess how much support you've got at the back. And this is a nice office chair and you can see it's got plenty of lumbar support here. Now your flight on British Airways or, or whichever airline you're taking probably is not shaped in this lovely way where you can kind of rest your, your head and your neck. You've got this nice curvature here and you've got this nice curvature here. So this is kind of, kind of a nice support here. Your plane seat doesn't look like this, I'm afraid. So you need to give yourself more support here. So some people I have been um, told by, by clients as well, they can just carry something with them. So something like, I like this, it's like a, it's a very soft, spongy little foam 
not a foam roller because they are much harder, but just like a little cushiony type of thing, which I got from my physio one day. But you can find anything right in the, in the house that you could use for that. So I would probably think about my lumbar support first of all. Again, this chair doesn't need it, but maybe this will give you a little bit more support. Now you have to play around with this a little bit. So too high for me personally would not be good because I'm a rib flarer and somebody was talking about sticking out ribs um, for an S-curve already. So this is probably not the best position for you, but you could bring it even higher up in between the shoulder blades. And then this is another nice one because here I cannot collapse into the side. It just wouldn't work. So I'm kind of here and I can rest and I can bring my arms, my elbows onto that um, little arm rest here and I can be here. So this is, this is one of the things I need you to kind of think about. The other one, and this is really only in case of emergency. I don't like to use this all the time, but sometimes, occasionally, I use a little bit of something underneath the, my left sitting bones. And this is basically because my right hip is higher than my left, but I know this, obviously. So I know if I lift that left side up a little bit, I get a little bit more support. It also stops me from wanting to cross my legs. So um, it's another little thing that I really only use in case of emergency. So on a long haul flight, I would definitely um, count this as a case of emergency. I wouldn't use it all the time because you're giving yourself other problems. You're giving yourself other imbalances. So Again, this is just to use when you absolutely need it. Good. So we've got lots of pain. Um, have you ha ever had a client with a 70 to 80 degrees lumbar curves and unoperated and included in the age group of 50 and above? I can with confidence say, I think I've pretty much had it all, <laughs> to be honest. So lots of different age ranges, definitely. Um, 70 to 80 degrees is a is a big number. I'm having to think about specific examples. Um, so 50 and above, definitely mid 40s. Probably also 50 and above. Yeah, there was somebody else here who had quite a large curvature. So um, maybe if anyone else wants to chip in, feel free. Good. Laura saying crossing the legs on a plane seat is so tempting, but makes me tighten my pelvic floor. And that is awful too. Yes. I, yeah, absolutely. I'm with you there, Laura. I'm finding this as well. Um, so it's just something, you, you know, you kind of, you get into this habit then and yes, absolutely. It's not great for your pelvic floor and actually sitting for long periods of time isn't great for your pelvic floor either. Um, so you kind of want to make sure that you, once you're in position, um, that you think about when when are you going to get your last your next movement and when can you kind of get out of this a little bit. So 
think about how you relax. What's your pattern? What's your habit? Think about how you can give yourself support for this so that it doesn't happen, that you don't have to do this. And then really, especially if you're on a plane, it's trying to get as much movement as you can, obviously without disturbing lots of other people. Um, and obviously within reason and within the, the limits that you've got. So let's think about all the things that you can do when you're sitting on your chair and feel free to, you know, to add a few things here. I would always start with the feet. So it's really, really important to keep that circulation going in general, obviously on a, on a long haul flight, it's always recommended. Um, so that goes really for everyone. But knowing that when you're working with your feet, you're also going to do something really good for your spine. There's a lot of connections there into the, into the feet and um, from a brain kind of point of view. Um, this is really, really good to move all those little joints off the foot. So what I do, I'm going to turn around this way, is I would just kind of do the all the movements that you can make while you're sitting. So you can do your heel raises here. Easy, no big deal. You can lift your toes. You can change it up. Obviously, you can do some ankle movements, rotations, obviously both feet and then always circling the other way around. So this is something I would literally do as often as I can when I'm on the plane, because it just kind of keeps everything um, going and really keeps your, your circulation going as well. What are some other movements that we can do while we're here, sitting here? So I like to do a little bit of seated cat-cow, and you can kind of do this like very without many people noticing. So you could just kind of gently tilt your pelvis forwards and backwards, just bringing in that little bit of, because you don't want to get stuck, right? You don't want to get stuck in this, in this one movement. And by the way, in terms of principles, this is different from regular like exercise or yoga for scoliosis or Pilates for scoliosis principles, because there we want to do everything kind of um, in terms of being in this corrected position, strengthen, stabilizing, neutral spine, most of all. But if you're traveling, it's going to be about movement and mobilizing, right? So this is the occasion where I'm saying for twisting, go for it, um, because that's going to be good to release your muscle tension. You don't want to do this on a daily basis in your regular um, practice or exercise routine all the time. But if you are on a 15 hour flight, I'm giving you permission to twist as much as you want, <laughs> if it feels good. Okay, so let's go back to this. So we've got our little pelvic tilts here. We've got our little bit bigger cat-cow position or movement. 
So these are just great to release. Good. So Laura is asking, what about alternating ankle over opposite knee while seating? So you mean like this, like a like a pigeon, seated pigeon? Yes, I like that. Again, check with your neighbor <laughs> what they have to say about this, if, if they are happy with that. Yeah, but great. That's a that's a good one as well. That's going to give you a little bit of a hip stretch, obviously, as well. But in general, you know, you could just just even like little movements like this. Right. So just mobilizing the hips. So it's not even so much about stretching. It's just moving. That could be quite nice as well. Good. The other one you could do. I always do this one. I kind of use my opposite hand, hold onto the opposite arm rest and then reach the arm up and then just having a nice little within reason side stretch. I'm not going all the way over, but I'm just kind of holding onto it to slightly hold myself back and I'm reaching, lengthening up. And I can do this to both sides. Remember, both sides of the curve like to lengthen and to release. But there might be one side which needs it a little bit more, which needs that opening a little bit more. Good. Hello, Asma. Um, she's saying I'm 32 years old and have a mild lumbar scoliosis left side. My lower back and my right hip hurt so much. Nothing really works for me. What should I do? Oh, goodness. You need to find something that works for you, obviously. Absolutely. Um, so you might, <laughs> I do have a video called happy hips. So this might be a, a, a starting point, um, for you to, to kind of, um, to, to get into this, but I would need kind of a little bit more information, obviously, um, in terms of recommending specifically what, what you should do. Um, but yeah. Again, it's, it's about kind of finding the things that work for you. And sometimes, you know, it's just easiest or best to work with, with someone one-on-one, -on -one, if it's myself or, or another someone else who specializes in scoliosis and just kind of get your exercise program or get a little bit of input and help with the things that you might want to get started with. Good, lovely. I'm just making sure I'm not missing any comments. Good, lovely. So let's go back to our movements that we can do here. We've done the feet. We've done a little bit of kind of hip movements. We can do a little bit of side stretching here. And then really what I like to do is the mobilizing of the thoracic spine. Now, this is obviously if you you're having a fusion in this section um, you might not be able to do obviously the the big movements that I'm showing but you can always scale them down right you can always um, make them slightly smaller so for example this one is a nice one crossing the arms and then we just do a little bit of mobilization first of the um, upper body so we'll do a little bit of lifting of the chest and rounding feel free to do this with me if it's safe, if you're not driving right now. 
Um, and then you can do a little figure of eight movement here. Can be really nice. You can change direction. And then we can do a little safe and wonderful twist for the thoracic. Again, if you have a fusion, scrap this one. It's probably not gonna, gonna work for you. But if you don't, if you don't have not had a surgery, then you can do this one. So you want to make sure that your hips are um, staying where they are, so they are level. And then you're just going to turn from the thoracic, from the rib cage, to one side and the other. So it's kind of coming back to center and then turning the other way. So you always want to keep your head in line with the center of the chest. So sometimes I um, bring my hands together and just resting the chin on the fingertips so that I know I'm not just turning the head because that's not really the point of this. So it's not a big twist. It's, it's quite a small movement, but it actually keeps my thoracic area, thoracic spine, nice and mobile. Is, and that's what you want, obviously. You don't want to get stuck. Okay, Laura is taking it a step further. She is saying, is anything we can do inside the little bathroom? <laughs> right. Let's get up. So we are basically, we are saying, um, okay, I, I've done everything I could sitting in my, in my seat here. I'm gonna have a little walkabout, right? So we're going to have a little walkabout on the plane, the aisle up and down. And obviously this is where you can do your shroff walk. If anyone has ever, somebody told, said they are doing their Shroth exercises. So that's a nice one that um, looks a little bit funny <laughs> to other people trying to do it again. So you kind of rise up onto the toes and then you lower the front heel down. Again, you need to do this with a Shroth therapist, obviously. But this is this is a nice one that you can do you can relax your arms obviously and then it doesn't look so bad but you're just taking a small walk and exercising your feet at the same time then you might be at the back of the plane or as laura said she's going to to the bathroom i don't think i would go that far i think that's a bit grim really <laughs> i don't know if i want to lock myself in a plain bathroom to do my exercise. I kind of do what I need to do and then, and then I get out as quickly as possible. But feel free if that's what you want to do. But maybe you just kind of stand at the back of the plane and you do your heel raises. You can do some little squats, of course. So again, just keeping the keeping it small but keeping the circulation going and keeping the back nice and long. And we can do some little lunges here as well. And you can, again, you can just make these quite small movements. You don't have to be, you don't have to like go for it and, you know, taking your weights onto the plane, but just make them small 
And maybe that's just me worrying about what other people think. Maybe you're not worried about that. <laughs> but that's what I think about. So this is a nice one as well, because when you are sitting for long periods of time, your hip flexors will get very tight. So they will kind of get short and tight. So it's really good to kind of give them a little bit of a length and then a stretch. And this could just be, you know, as I just was showing that little lunge, you could do like a little stretch here and almost like a, like a warrior one, if you want, again, depending on the space that you've got. Maybe that's a bit much, I don't know. <laughs> if you have a little bit more space, again, we're just thinking about what you can do. So normally the, the ceilings are quite low as well, but if you can find a place where you can just lean maybe against a door, maybe that's the loo door if, if nobody is in there or if somebody is just in there and you know them. <laughs> You could just lean on there and then just, you know, reaching the arms up towards the ceiling. Just rebalancing and recentering before you then sit down. Good. So Liz is saying, I do figure eights with my pelvis kind of uh, seated dancing. I like that. So when you're sitting, is that what you're saying? Kind of doing a little bit of this. I like this in standing as well. So this is another one. This is a great one. Who was saying about hips? We've got asthma, I think, saying about hips. So this is a nice movement. If you're kind of standing a little bit wider than hip distance apart, just a tiny little bit wider, and then you're, you see, you look down towards your ankle and you're imagining you're going to draw a circle around your ankle with your right hip. So you're kind of doing a little bit of a, like an outward movement here around the right ankle. And then you can maybe reverse this. Let's stay with the outward one because that's a more natural kind of way of moving. And then you can go over to the left side. Again, you do those outward movements, imagining you're drawing that circle around the foot. And it, this is another great one that you can do everywhere. And then if you feel like it, you can take this into a, like an infinity sign or a figure of eight, like taking it back and kind of going this way. And again, you don't have to go into like a big movement you can make this quite a small and it's about this kind of stability and resetting the hips and how the the bones kind of fit into the the hip socket so this is a nice little movement thank you liz for that inspiration and i don't know if that's what you meant but you can kind of to some degree you can do this in sitting as well, but I do prefer it standing up. Okay, so we've got, is there any specific exercise Ooh, uh, when there is pain in lower left back 
with an S-shaped curve with a slight hump on the right. So come to our workshop on Saturday. So this is exactly what we're going to be talking about. We're going to be talking about specific issues, obviously, with S-curve um, scoliosis. So lower back, again, so if we are talking about traveling, think about how you can kind of bring in a little bit of movement. So I would probably start again with that little bit of a pelvic tilt. Obviously, if we are, if you have a yoga mat and you are at home, there's a lot of other things you can do to release that sort of pain. Um, Ario is saying, hello, I have a 30 degree left curve, thoracolumbar. Is sit up a no-go and also what exercise can I have? Um, and we're kind of, I think we're, did we, are we okay with the plane traveling? Let me know if there's any questions about this. But I feel like we have got it covered. Um, and a lot of that is obviously applicable also if you've got a long car journey. Um, before I kind of move on to the, to the general questions. So I'm just going to take 10 minutes or so. If you've got any kind of general ones, then feel free to ask them. Um, so 30 degree left lumbar, left thoracic lumbar is sit-ups a no-go. Okay, I'm going to put away my plane chair and I'm going to get myself onto the mat. Sorry, a bit of turbulence on the plane. So we are talking about this sort of situation. Now we've moved away from the plane, obviously. We're not gonna be sitting down um, on the plane and do our sit-ups. So we are kind of talking about these type of things when you're kind of moving up and down, right? So 30 degree scoliosis, it's kind of a moderate, it's, it's, it's about the same de degree that I've got as well. Um, which is kind of the range where your doctor is telling you how you can do, you know, you know, you can do all these things. What do you need to be aware of that whenever you go into flexion of your spine, which is this kind of rounding of the spine, and you can try this out, obviously, if you're rounding, you probably feel that your left side becomes even more bulky than the right side. So, there's basically a rotation that gets exaggerated when you're going into flexion of the spine. So for your sit-ups, it's really all about how you do them. So what I wouldn't do is kind of a lot of these from the floor, I can't even do them. And then coming all the way up also uses a lot of momentum. And I know I'm going to have to really um, round my back in order to do this obviously i don't know how old you are so maybe you are super fit maybe you're a professional athlete and um, maybe you do not have a problem with this but i would so i would and you know it's not that i'm not fit i am doing a lot of yoga and pilates and now going to the gym as well um, but there are just kind of some limitations there i would say so what i'd rather do 
And obviously, this is what you want to get out of this exercise, right? You want to strengthen your abdominal muscles, I'm guessing. So I would rather that you lie down and maybe just supporting your head and just kind of lift your head slightly up. So you're not kind of going into flexion here. You're just lifting your head up, keeping the elbows wide, and then maybe just bringing the legs up into your tabletop and you can do some little lifts here. Definitely feel that. You could do some single leg stretches here. You could lift your legs up, straighten the legs, maybe slightly lowering them down and do some little lifts and lowers. So all of these, I can definitely feel them, but it's not, it doesn't give me that rounding um, that I get when I would do a sit-up and kind of go all the way down and all the way up. So I'm not telling you not to do it because I don't know enough about you. So again, if you are, um, you know, if you're doing exercise all the time and it's kind of not a big deal for you, if you have no injuries, if you've never had any disc issues, um, then I would say, yeah, yeah, that might be okay. But, you know, there might be other factors, obviously, where I would say um, this might not be such a great idea. So I know I don't do them for myself, basically. I'm hoping that that helps. Good, feel free to let me know if, if you have other questions or if I've missed anything. Um, oh, Liz is, was saying about the figure eight movement she learned through belly dancing in teenage years. Yes, useful exercise, absolutely. Um, and it's great for waiting in line. I agree. So all of these, you know, think of all the little things you can do <laughs> without people kind of noticing. Now, what I did want to mention as well is obviously a car journey. So this is another one where you want to make sure that you have enough support um, everywhere, especially the lumbar, because those seats are usually terrible. And then when you get out, what can you do to open up those hip flexors, right? So again, so when we drive to Germany, for example, I know that this is, uh, you know, it's a six, seven hour journey stuck in this position. Obviously, I get out of the car. I have a good walk around, but then I'm probably going to do things like lunges. I do a little bit of balancing. I come into my warrior three. You know, I've got some little movements that I like to make. And again, it's just about kind of um, unraveling again after you've been after you've been kind of squashed in this confined place. Good, lovely. Thank you so much, everyone. I'm hoping that this helps. Let me know if um, we have covered, especially Laura, if you're still here, let me know. <laughs> if, because I know this was one of your questions, obviously, as well. And I know some other people in the Shine membership have asked about this topic. So I'm hoping that 
I've given you some things at least to think about and some things that you can do um, when you're traveling. What kind of short exercise can I, uh, can I have if I don't have much free time? <laughs> I know, who does, right? <laughs> you're quite busy, yes. We are all very busy, isn't it? So we need to kind of think about what we make time for, obviously. Sorry, I'm losing my um, microphone. And um, yeah, making it, you know, making the most out of it. You don't want to spend hours and hours on doing those, doing your exercise. Hopefully you got a few ideas here today. We'll talk more about S-curves, obviously, on Saturday. So make sure you've got the link in the description, 5 to 7 p.m., which is London time. I will make sure I add this as well in there. And otherwise, you know, you've got plenty of videos here on this channel as well. There's so many videos. If you're not sure which one is right for you, I'm actually working on something for this to make it easier for you to find something. So watch the space. Um, but otherwise, there are there's a playlist which is called I think it's called general um, scoliosis or something like that, um, which are fine kind of for everyone because we're not kind of working asymmetrically, but we're working symmetrically to give you more strength and stability. Good, lovely. Thank you so much, everyone. Thank you so much for joining me live. It's been fun as always it's been a pleasure and i see you soon for the next back chat bye everyone i hope you enjoyed this episode and if you did i would be super grateful if, if you could leave me a five star rating and review which will help me to create lots more amazing content if you have any questions or suggestions, reach out to me on Instagram at yogaberry.scoliosis or visit my website at www.yogaberry.net. <laughs>